Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that was given to us so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. Back in studio with me today, this is the third time, I think buddy. it's number three. <laughs> You're going to get right. frequent flyer miles, <laughs> is Nate Wheeler. Nate is an, is an Army Reserve chaplain with the 814th Transportation Battalion at Gowan Field. In his, oh, in Boise. In I Boise. always say that It's wrong. okay. You're totally fine. You're and totally fine. Bleep, we, we could have a, bloop, a bloopers <laughs> episode. And his, sto- his story is one of our featured articles in our November-December 2021 issue. And again, this is Nate's third appearance on Christian Living Spotlight. I'm I'm out of host uh, out of guest gifts. You're on your yeah. own from now on, buddy. <laughs> right. This Thanks is for the Jolly Rancher. I appreciate that. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever had anybody in the studio three times. So thank you. Well, thank you. In my notes, I've got he's back. <laughs> that usually doesn't come with good good comments afterwards, but we'll <laughs> go <true>. with that. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing really well. Doing really well. It's so funny. We you and you and Andrew, the, the engineer and I have all been in hysterics here the last 20 minutes trying to get ready to do oh, this. It's great. It's great coming here. Thank you. It's like, okay, put on my straight face. Put on my radio face. <laughs> That's right. Can everybody see that now? <laughs> Nate is truly one of the funniest guys. He should have his own stand-up show. <laughs> so you were here just before the holidays, which for a chaplain can be a very busy season. Can be. And, you know, I was so appreciative that you would take the time and come in and talk with us. Um, and and it's funny because I don't get a lot of mail on the radio show, but I did get that, which is how you got back here today, is, yes. is we got a letter from a listener um, wanting to reach out to you. And so um, that that led to a whole bunch of other conversations, and we decided that really there's there's more area to explore. And so we said, let's do it again. Yes. Yep. Thank you. So we've mentioned before that because most of our military members are young, most of them are young, and they live far away from the home where they grew up and away from family and friends, they can sometimes have special needs. And today we're going to chat a bit about that and how the church, not one specific church, but the big C church, the, big C church, the overall yeah. church, the, the church family can play a role in that. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the big C church is full of human beings. And so we're not asking anybody to be perfect because we're not perfect, we're, right. you know. Um, but but if you're like me, folks, you're always looking for ways that I can just do something a little bit better. What can I do better today? Yep. And so, so you know, one of the things that you've educated me on is, you know, it's it's different. If if a military member w- was raised in church and they're firmly in, in ensconced in a church, that's great. But what about those that aren't? Yes. So a lot of them, I mean, imagine every two to three years, right? Unless they're full-time active duty on like in a, what they call an AGR position, or if they are, um, you know, in at, at a National Guard position and they're going to stay within that unit all the way through, a lot of them are going to be moving around, right? Yeah. And so imagine just changing jobs and who you answer to and everything else every two to three years and actually changing cities, not just moving around town. Or countries. Or countries even, yeah, right. 
now all of a sudden you have to rebuild some of these relationships. You got to know some of the nuances, understand, kind of pick up some of the interactions, uh, use your good emotional intelligence, and also keep your same military bearing and making sure that you're doing everything right. And you still want to impress and get good reviews and all these things because it's all career based on that. And so they're kind of of that that mindset, still wanting to do well. Um, and now they're they're also going to be looking for another church on this, where they're going to be looking for those same things. So what I found with a lot of um, a lot of military members, you know, like from my unit, and also talking with the other chaplains on this, what they start to see with some of their um, you know their soldiers, their sailors as they're moving in and out of churches, things like that, or relocating is. Um, there's just a really big awareness into the church culture of just connectedness and genuineness, really wanting to get in and say, you know, do you, do you kind of accept me? And there's a little bit of a guard open up or a little bit of a guard up yeah. initially because they honestly, they just don't have time for all the kind of um, uh, lack of transparency, the the fluff, the masks. That's not their work environment. They don't play that well or that way at all. In the uh, in their normal occupation, so they come into a church and they're just looking for: is this a place that I'm willing to settle into, build relationships, and 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 risk that again, building relationships that somewhere down the line is probably going to have to say goodbye to. Yeah. So um, those are some of the things. Now, one one of the cool things too is that as they relocate, um, you talk to these guys and they know people all over the country. They know people from when they went through basic training. They still text them uh, and talk to them. Right? I mean, myself. Um, I still text the people that I went through my chaplain school with. Um, even today, before I was coming over here, they were talking about something, and I'm on this text thread with them, and we're chatting. And another one pings me from Arizona, and we start chatting again. And you know, then my uh, my instructor texts me, and we start talking again. So there's these relationships, and they're all spread out, and nobody's within this state. And so as they build these relationships, they know how to keep them, and they know how to go well with them. But um, yeah, they're going into a church and just kind of seeing, is this a place that is accepting, genuine, good um they're looking for authenticity they're looking yeah that's the best word to use for it i couldn't pull it up with every other word i was pulling out of my dictionary my small dictionary that i have um but yeah they're looking for an authentic connection there that's good yeah it's it's something i'm often because i because i'm very blunt you know i'm a hack and then it's when somebody said no you're not you're you're, you're authentic you're just who you are and that's so, a good thing so it's a great label it <clears throat> is good thing join me in the authentic club <laughs> Um, so, so what about those that aren't entrenched in a church? What, what does that kind of look like? So that's a lot of who we work with are people that, that aren't. Um, so as chaplains, it's not, don't think of it like a pastorate. Don't think of it like, Hey, um, Hey, do you want, let me talk to you about Jesus today. It's not those kinds of things. It's really just a lot of care and it's really just really caring for them. Yeah. And wherever they're at and their needs. And some of it can be anywhere from relational side to transitioning out to financial issues to um, uh, stuff going on in the family. And you're just there to care. And it's not, there's no agenda on it. You're just trying to care for them. I'm not caring for them so that they come back and join my Bible study. I'm not caring for them so that they, I see them on Sunday services, religious services. I'm not caring for them so they donate to a building program. I'm caring for them because they're who they are. Yeah. And this is the stuff that they sniff out pretty fast. Are you here because you just want something from me or not? And that's that's a radar that almost all of the military members that I've interacted with have a pretty, pretty high. Um, so that's one of the things that I think is really cool is being able to care for these people and they realize 
hold it. I don't even believe like you. I don't even believe that there's a God and yet you're caring for me. It's yeah. like, yeah, I am. So how can I help you? What do you need help with? And that means a lot. A couple of weeks ago, I, I listened to a pastor speak that actually led a death row inmate to Jesus. Oh, but wow. It was, but it wasn't because he led him to Jesus. It was because the first time the inmate got out of jail, he gave him a car. Mm, yeah. He didn't preach at him at all. He knew he needed transportation and he was leaving the area they lived in and he gave him a car. And so years later, I, I don't know how he ended up on death row. It's not, that's not part of the story. Right. But his wife called this pastor and said, he wants you. He mm. wants you to come do last rites. He wants you to come. And through all of this, the weeks leading up to this, was able to lead him to, to Jesus after it was all over and done with. In visiting with the widow, the wife, she said, you led him to Jesus because you gave him a car because you were kind to him. Had nothing to do with telling him about Jesus initially. Mm -hmm. It was because he was kind to him. He was authentic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's that's where, that to me is where a lot of the gospel comes in for people that aren't, aren't already attached to a church or don't have a faith. I mean, you can take a look at the way that Jesus healed, you know, the blind man, and then all of a sudden, and, and I think it's in John chapter 11, right? And he goes, are you the Messiah? And he goes, he's the one whom you're speaking with now. And, you know, and he kneels down and worships him right there, right? And then you look at John chapter 8, where he feeds the 5,000. That's how it starts off. Yep. And then he gets this big crowd that follows him, right? And then he turns around and he has a, a coming to Jesus meeting with them saying, look, unless you eat my blood and or drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no part in me. But the initial aspect is you're caring for their needs yeah. and there you can have that eat my eat my flesh drink my blood follow jesus come into jesus meeting later yeah. but what's going to get them to realize that you're true and you're genuine is that aspect of just caring for them without an agenda absolutely and and you know when that time comes if that time comes because sometimes we're just planting seeds we're just planting seeds right sometimes some water we're just planting seeds. some plant and God so growth but when it's God's perfect timing. He'll make it clear. Absolutely. You know, so absolutely. whether it's by question or, or situation, whatever. Yeah, um, absolutely. So so you get you just get to minister to them in, in whatever their need is. And absolutely. that's cool. And it's often the crisis isn't as, isn't as big as they think it is. You know, that's the joy of maturity sometimes is you get to draw on all those experiences. But sometimes when you're really young, a hiccup is is a big crisis. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. Bless you for being there for them. <laughs> well, there's a lot of good people too. I mean, even our NCOs, they do go through that stuff too. They get the calls for suicides. They get the call for breakdowns. They get the call for hospitals. They get the call for homelessness. They get all those kind of calls too. And then they have to, you know, shoulder that responsibility too. So there's a whole lot of us, and that's kind of the middle the the military culture too. Is that when there's a need. You're taking care of the soldier. You're taking care of this airman. You're taking care of the sailor. You're doing everything. You're taking care of this Marine, all that you can. Yeah. And and so that's also an aspect that they see when they come into a church is how are you taking care of these people? And that's that's going to be on their, their radar. On their radar. That's, um, I, I love, you, you sent me some notes and I said, I was at, yeah, it was, it was cra a crazy week for me. And I said, could you send me some notes? Um, but, but I love what you said. As a chaplain, I don't preach sermons or raise funds for building. It's a lot It's a lot of care for people who don't even want to go to a church. Yeah, for sure. So you get to hear about their experiences and what church life is like. So what what do you draw from that? Yeah, so some of them, it's, it's, uh, 
it's a mixed bag on some of that. But some of them, you know, they used to go to church. Military it can be tough, and so some of them start drifting away just because of some of their experiences, some of their connections, some of their choices that they make when they're away from home. Um, some of them get deeper in their faith during that time. Uh, I know one soldier, <laughs> literally, I think he said he was on one of his deployments in a year, and I think he said he read through the Bible was it four times on his deployment over wow. there? He just started just plowing through it, just loved it so much and just got into it. So there's different ways that God leads and moves in people's hearts, even in those types of situations. Um, but there's a lot of, um, you know, some of them just get some church pains and they they just don't have the time for this kind of drama in it. Um, there's a, they're looking for this authenticity, like we say, this transparency kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. because in their military career and in their military culture, when people start hiding and not wanting to share, not wanting to show, putting things behind, things like that, it's usually because they're trying to take advantage or they're trying to do something that's that's inappropriate. And so, you know, church all of a sudden, no, you can't see my bylaws. No, we're not going to show you fun, our, our, our uh, financial statements. No, that's not for you to know what we're doing here. Um, just a little little tough for sometimes that to be swallowed on. They just kind of go, that's not it. Because realize that I'm they- I'm not military and I want to see those things. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, not anyway. everybody needs to know what's going on all the time. But when anybody, somebody asks, or excuse me, when somebody asks, they should be given a straight answer. Yeah. So that's the that's that transparency side of it. Um, and at the same time, realize they know that they're going to be deployed. They know they're going to be away for training. They know they're going to be away from school. And those that with family, they're really looking for a church that, hey, are you going to take care of my family? And what about my family being connected here? So that's also a big culture within the military world is if, let's say, that I get deployed, I know, I know for a fact that my commander, I know that my chaplain assistant, I know that my, my training NCO, there's going to be a support network that their wives are going to come around and say, hey, um, how can we help your wife? And there's a process in order to say, you know, I'm being to put, and there's actually going to be events that'll be put on. There'll be ways to network. They'll be saying, here's resources. And this is what they're going to be looking for in that church family is, are you going to be taking care of my family when I'm not here? Are my, is my family really getting plugged in and they're loving it? Yeah. And there's going to be a, a, an, a an awareness of that um, to be able to take care of these members. Once again, not to be used, not to be this or that, but they're going to feel really comfortable when they realize, man, my family's getting taken care of here. My kids are really liking it here. I feel safe now being gone for the 90 days, six months, you know, year plus, depending on how that works out. Um, and I know that they're going to be taken care of. Yeah. And that's, and that's huge. Very big. That's, that's huge. So I've, I've not ever been a military wife, but in, in the first probably 20 years of our marriage, my husband traveled three weeks a month. Oh, wow. And I had to have a support network. Yeah. Not necessarily to drop everything and come running, but yeah. resources. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The the drain under the kitchen sink is gushing water. Who do I call? You <laughs> yeah. know, because I couldn't think of the word plumber. You know, um, so so even right. even in that sense of just being a resource for, you know, who, who do I call? Do you know a good one? You know? Yeah. Um, so, so that's cool. So... Military culture and mindset. I love the transparency thing. You know, yeah. be, being honest and upfront. I and I love that. But but I'm I'm a fairly direct person. I mean, I but I, but I think that's probably how you and I get along because yeah. I you know you never doubt what's on my mind because I just <laughs> blurt it out there. Right. So so one of the questions I want to ask is yeah um, because part of it is from a, a, a Bible study I'm in just makes me curious about things. Yes. Um. But. How do militaries who don't go to church view the church? 
Oh, man. What's, so, what can we do better to, to make them feel more invited in? You see a lot of that comments about, you know, hey, that's just organized religion, right? I don't want to be part of anything that's this organized religion. Hey, they're just taking my money. That's a that's part of it. And you hear that also within just secular world yep. itself, right? So yep. nothing mm-hmm. really too much different there. Um, some of it is just, hey, I just don't want to give my time to it. Once again, they've, they're thinking more about their family side of it, not wanting to get plugged in on it. Some of them have been burned enough. They don't have time for it. They don't want to waste their time on it anymore. And they're just moving on with it. Um, there's that's part of it on the side that those that aren't connected to it. And that's why I think just that caring for those people just where they're at and realizing, look, I'm not getting any extra funding, any extra money on it, anything like this. I'm just caring for you. So like one of the things that I like to share when I'm talking with people that aren't connected with the church as a chaplain is I'll talk with them. Hey, how you doing, Sergeant? Or, Hey, how you doing, sir? Or ma'am, you know, how, how are things going with you? Things fine. Da, 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 da. And I said, Hey, just so you're aware, the military's paying me so that I can be here for you. That's my job is to care for you and to have that. So you've got my number. And if you ever have a need, you give me a call. My phone's next to my bed. Go ahead and give me a buzz. Um, I've signed up for this duty. You're not bothering me. This is what the military wants to offer to you in order to make sure that you're taken care of so that you can stay on mission. And that's important to them enough. And it's important enough to me that I'm willing to do this. So please reach out to me if something comes up. And just that assurity that, okay, I do have somebody that I can call over these things and just talk with them and it's not it's not a nuisance to them. And where I work is very supportive of the military and my civilian job. And there's times when I've pulled out of meetings, I see the call, I know who it is and I'm like, I gotta go and walked out and I have to take a phone call. And there's other times where I've emailed them and said, Something's popped up and I have to take care of it today. And they're like, don't worry about it. Just, you know, take care of it. Thank you for what you do. And so um, it just, it means a lot on that side to get that support from where I'm at, but also to realize that, hey, I'm just supporting these people. And hopefully um, that can start to see some change. Like you're saying, some of the planting a seed, seeing that, hey, this is kind of a different view of it. And, you know, then God can take a work at that when he chooses to um, later. But um there's some of the, those kind of things that we normally hear just in the in the regular world about what the people's feelings are about the church, um, the negative stuff about it. That's there in in the military world a lot, but um, a lot of it just has to do. With that. They just don't have time for drama. There's enough that just happens within the normal function of just staying on top of everything and new people coming into the um, military and. And then those people leaving and people not doing their paperwork right and them having to follow up with it and making sure that they're staying on top of everything and every new order that comes out, every new fragmented order, additional order that comes out and every new um, you know tra- change that happens in their training schedule, they're trying to stay on top of it all. Um, they just, sometimes if it gets like there's just too much drama, once again, affecting the family, affecting their relationships, that's why they're coming. I, this is not what I want to have carried with me anymore. I just have... I'll just use my time better. Yeah. Yeah. I I so totally can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we we've kind of alluded to this. Uh is is it's planting seeds. Yes. It it's planting seeds. And so how do you do that? Is that difficult? Because sometimes sometimes even even those who aren't chaplains we're human and we'll say, you know, Jesus would be a good solution for this. Yeah. I'll just pray about it. You know, well, if they're not a believer, just pray about it is not a good response. Yeah. And so, so is is that difficult for you sometimes? Um, Not really, to be honest with you, because I've learned how to, to not, 
I know where my boundary ends on it mm-hmm. is that I realize this is where I'm able to go with them. This is all the farther that they're going to let me in. And I just accept that. And I just trust in God's sovereignty. He can take it from there. Um, so for me, it's this is as much as you let me give you. I'm right now the face of religion to you. And so, um, and by extension, whatever God means to you. And hopefully through this conversation, there might be something that might pop up that I can talk to a little bit more. Um, I can earning always- Earning their trust. Earning their trust a lot. And it's just caring for them. Yeah. Um, for me, I, uh, you know, if I want to dive in just a little bit deeper to some of my uh, faith, there's nothing wrong um, to just say, hey, my faith tradition, this is, these are some stories that we lean on and what I've leaned on in order to get through some hard stuff. Yeah. And I've done that with, with a few where I've said, Hey, remember this? Let me tell you the story. Do you know the story of Joseph? I don't. Well, there was this guy and he had 11 other brothers and, you know, he was the second youngest and here's what happened. They threw him in a well and start going through that kind of stuff. But then he winds up in Egypt and second in command and, and then he meets his brothers later. I mean, what would you do with those guys? And, and, they, oh, and they were starving. Yeah, right. You know, what would you do with those guys if you saw these same brothers that did these kind of things? Oh my gosh, I, you know, I, well, guess what he did? He tried to reconcile. And so my faith tradition teaches me that no matter how bad, no matter how hard somebody mistreats you, no matter even when it's family that is beating you down, when you have an opportunity, you reconcile and you care and you love. So I understand it's hard for you to see it, but these are some of the faith tradition stories that I lean on in order to move forward. And so um, maybe that can help you. So that would be like something that I could say, and it would be totally fine. And they would... And another aspect is I've heard of chaplains trying to be really, really sensitive about, I don't know if I really want to talk about God. But what's funny is the, resp- <laughs> the responses that usually come back is, um, so somebody might come in, right, and say, hey, um, chaplain, I got this kind of issue here, and da-da-da-da-da. And they might say, the chaplain might respond, well, we, well um, can I share with you a little bit about my, my beliefs or whatever like this? And they're like, well, yeah, I'm talking to a chaplain, you know? So well, I came you kind of get that too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. If I didn't want to hear about something about some god or something like that i wouldn't come to you i'd go talk to you know something else so or someone else for 14 years i (laughs) i i was the general sales manager of a fairly large sales department and it was an outside sales team and i would say to them often (laughs) my priorities in life are mine they can't be yours but they're right they can if you adopt them but my priorities are god family job and so if they'd call me with a family emergency, they'd say, I can't be in tomorrow. Are you going to, am I in trouble? And I'm like, okay, what are my priorities? God, family, job. So if you're going to put your family ahead of that job, am I going to be mad at you because you're honestly telling me you, you have go. a family crisis? Today, I've been gone from from that office for eight, eight years. And today, so many of them are following. Oh, very nice. Because, and, and it wasn't because I preached at them. I just simply said all the time, my priorities are God, family, job. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it's got to go. Mm-hmm. So we're out of time. Imagine that we have run the clock down again. Nice. <laughs> so if someone would like to contact you for some reason, yes. How, how's the best way for them to do that? The best way to do that is um, I, I grabbed my own domain name years ago, so they can just go ahead and email me at nate at natewheeler.com. And um, that would be the best way to reach out to me, nate at natewheeler.com. And I don't want to be involved in any sales. No, I don't need you know, any sort of marketing stuff, unless you're selling Girl Scout cookies. And your car warranty is current. Current car warranties current. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happily there. Yeah, everything like this. So yeah. (laughs) Nate, thank you so much for joining me again today. Uh, It's it's been great as always. (laughs) This does bring our time to an end this week. You can read more of Nate's story in our November, December 
um, issue of Christian Living Magazine, which is on our website, christianlivingmag.com, under the Past Issues tab. We invite you back next week when we have another wonderful guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.